and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, what a crazy Week 7 we just had in the world of college football. Some late-game heroics for some certain teams that are in the playoff hopes. One team's hopes might have been dashed after a really embarrassing showing this past Saturday night. And a couple of upsets also as some teams that were expected to win their games this week really got uphanded and were, were unfortunately for them lost in really bad fashion. And now for teams like Louisville and, you know, Washington State, who we'll talk about later on, they had their, you know, their New Year's Six Bowls potentially erased with their performances this past Saturday. So a very up up and down, you know, this past weekend in college football, week number seven. So what were your initial uh, thoughts after what uh, what took place this past Saturday? Well, I won't say that the New Year's Six Bowls are completely erased yet. I would say in prior years, yes, they would be. But with how weak the bubble currently is, I would definitely say it's still on the table. But it's just extremely unlikely at this point. But right. like you said, you had a it was another great week of college football. I looked at the slate upcoming for this uh, this week, week eight. It's not as exciting. This may be one of the most tame Maybe, weeks yeah. we have, but this is also the second month of college football now. So we're getting towards the end. We're yeah. more, we're more than halfway done with the season at this point. And I know time wise, we still have more than two months to go. But game wise, we're over the hill. Yeah, we had some. Incredible finishes this past week. Um, you know, there was a game on Thursday night that we got to talk about a little bit later on for one of our fellow colleagues that happened to his table, fortunately. But that would be the last thing we talk about before we go into our top 25 reactions, as I obviously was some major shakeup in the polls after all the craziness that went down this past Saturday. And one of the big games that happened this past Saturday was in the Pac-12 as Oregon went on the road to take on Washington. Atmosphere for this game was electric. I mean, college game day was there. Overall, great experience visiting Seattle, Washington for this game. And the Huskies and Ducks put on a performance for the ages, a, a really high-scoring affair. And it really took Washington a good defensive stand at the end of the game to give them a chance to win this game. They were able to force Oregon a couple times in this game to have a fourth down scenario where the Ducks would go for it on fourth down. They were not able to convert. And because of that, Washington, late in the game, got that stop on fourth down, were able to go down the field in just two plays, score the go-ahead touchdown. Their defense almost gave up the game-time field goal, but the Ducks would miss the game-time field goal at the end as Washington stays alive and now moves up in the top 25 polls with a big 36-33 to win over Oregon. In a game where they were up 11 at one point, almost had the lead you know, eviscerated and almost lost the game because of it, but their offense came to play. Michael Penix Jr. continues his Heisman candidacy season with four passing touchdowns, 302 yards, just out-dueling Bo Nix, who also had a really good game in this one with 337 yards and two passing touchdowns. But all is now lost for Oregon. They still stay in the top 10 as of this week in the polls. Washington moves up in the AP because of this big win, and they now are in the driver's seat in the Pac-12, being, I believe, now the only undefeated team left in conference play. That's they correct. Now, they now lead the entire conference in terms of you know, conference wins and just overall record, and they are really in a good spot to potentially make the college football playoff. 
They still have a couple big games down the stretch of their season. Um, a big game, a four-game slate with at USC, home against Utah, at Oregon State, and then home against Washington State. So it won't be easy for Washington down the stretch of the season to see if they make that Pac-12 championship and potentially make it to the college football playoff. But this win against Oregon certainly does help their case going into the final month of the season. Absolutely, it's always going to help their case. And Washington looks to make uh, they're going to look to make their first return to the college football playoffs since it's. Uh, modern day inception in 2017. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Nick. So 2014 was the first year. 2016 was the last time they went to the college football playoff, and that was with Jake Brown to get quarterback. So it's been a while. So it has been a while since Washington has been in the college football playoff. This is by far probably been one of their best teams they've had in program history, and Penix Jr. has just been a big reason why they've been able to get to this point in the season. He right now leads all you know leads all players in votes for potentially being the Heisman Trophy winner this season, and he was a guy going into the year that you know he could have been you know the quote unquote sexy pick to make for winning the Heisman Trophy this season. He now looks like the clear cut favorite to win the trophy this year just because of how good not only he's been playing but how good Washington's been playing this year. Now I will say one thing about um, Washington. Yes, I I realize they got uh, they got past Oregon, which was their biggest competition by far but they have to run a gauntlet in the month of november usc utah oregon state washington state alternating weeks at usc hosting oregon at oregon state hosting washington state for them to actually make the college football playoffs they still need a lot of work it's not like oh this is the big test and now they can kind of coast no not not even in the slightest it's just getting started for them right now it's going to take right. a lot more for this team to make the college football play. So I don't want to annoy them yet because this season's far from uh, being locked in right now. Yeah, no, with the month so left in the season, there's still a lot for Washington to do. And this game really showed you how, you know, through adversity, they're still able to win this game because Oregon pretty much had the game locked up and late in the game. And that fourth down conversion could have been a play where Washington doesn't make the stop. The game's over. Oregon's going to get the win on the road after Washington had a double-digit lead. And Washington was able to persevere, get that stop, and then in just two plays tops, they get a big touchdown pass to take the lead and eventually win the game. And they have to be feeling really good right now going into their next couple of games. They're playing Arizona State in their next upcoming game this upcoming Saturday. Or actually, I think it's on Friday. Yeah, it's the 21st, so... No, it is Saturday. I don't even know my dates at this current moment. I apologize for that. But nonetheless, they get the win. They remain undefeated. They're now 6-0 on the season. And they you definitely have a dogfight going into the remaining uh, final four games of the season in November. It will not be easy for this team. But they show, they've shown they show promise. They show promise that under these tight situations, they are able to get some big wins down the stretch of these games and are able to hold on and persevere going into the next one. So we'll have to see how they fare in the next couple of weeks going into that final month of the season. And for Oregon, like I said, they still have a realistic shot too, just because they also have to play some of the same exact teams that Washington has to play in the final couple of weeks of the season. Um, they have Washington State this upcoming Saturday. Then they're at Utah. They play USC on November 11th. And then they end the year with Oregon State. The Ducks still have a realistic shot of making the college football playoff as well. 
They'll just need to win out at this rate. They cannot afford another loss. And obviously, they'll have to win the Pac-12 championship as well in order to make that college football playoff. So there is still a good chance for Dan Lanning's team to make the college football playoff this year. Let's see if they can get it done. But another team that right now is is in the mix for the college football playoff, uh, Johnson, that is the North Carolina Tar Heels, as they stayed unbeaten this week with a big win over the Miami Hurricanes. And another good game for Drake May. I mean, he continues to show why he's one of the better quarterbacks in all of college football, as he was able to outduel Tyler Van Dyke, who, to his credit, tried to keep Miami in this game, but unfortunately two interceptions were realistically the difference of this game as North Carolina held on to beat the Miami Hurricanes 41-31. to May threw for four touchdowns, 273 yards on the day. O'Marion Hampton had another big game for the Tar Heels, running for 197 yards at the touchdown. They now go to 6-0. They also enter the top 10 polls this week. So the Tar Heels, they're making a case now for that college football playoff. And another good win this week. They obviously... Still have a lot to do down the stretch of the season. They have a game with Duke, obviously, coming up in the next couple of weeks. They're also going to be at Clemson. They're still, you know, it's still not an easy win to go into Clemson and win those type of games. And they'll most likely have to play Florida State for the ACC championship game. So if the Tarios want to have a chance, they're going to need to try to win these games down the stretch. But they cannot afford to lose a game going into that ACC championship if they want to have an opportunity. Yeah, my UNC's had so many close games this season. They really need to learn to pick it up. Seems like the ACC has been the conference of uh, good teams almost blowing it between UNC and Florida State. Yeah, that that that's the uh, that's the main takeaway I have here. Uh, this Miami team is clearly not well coached. If it wasn't for that huge third quarter, we're not talking about UNC being undefeated right now. We're talking about Miami perhaps being ranked twenty when you know, they obviously fell out of the poll. But UNC gets it done. Drake May continues to look like one of the better prospects in the um, in this draft. Only about fifty percent completion this week, though. So that's something you have to take a look of. So he can he makes it when it counts. But uh, fifty two fifty three percent completion rate in this game against a I want to say a decent opponent. Not really looking the greatest for his stock. Yeah, you never know. I mean, listen, he's had some accuracy issues this year. And he's thrown a couple picks, but this was by far one of his better games of the season in terms of not throwing an interception and getting four passing touchdowns. And like I said, the Tar Heels are still undefeated. So as long as they stay undefeated, that will only help Drake May going into the end of the year. But they still have a lot of work to do, as I mentioned. And it's only going to see where they, where he, you know, if he can live up to the to hype that everyone believes he's going to live up to. Because if they have to play Forest State in a do or die game four. Not only an ACC championship, but a college football playoff uh, bowl uh, appearance, then that will be the game that that can live up to his, uh, you know, his legacy. Not only at UNC, but in the college football landscape. So, building your legacy is one of the most important things you can do as a college football player because even if you don't have the greatest NFL career, say like Johnny Manziel, but if you can build a uh, a legacy at your college, you will be forever revered in that town and university for as long as you live. Johnny Manziel had a cup of coffee in the NFL, but he's still the king of College Station. Yeah, that's true. I can't really uh, fight you on that. <laughs> um, but they they had a big this win this week in the ACC, but the same could not be said for a team that had so much momentum going into this game, that being the Louisville Cardinals. And we talked about them last week, Andrew. 
a big win over Notre Dame, really showed up on primetime football and were able to kind of basically embarrass the Irish in that second half of that game. But to go from that game and then have a really bad second half and get beaten by a pit team that going into this game was 1-4 on the season really puts a damper. Because remember, we were talking about Louisville last week, maybe being a dark horse in the college football playoff just because of where they were ranked and how they were undefeated and stuff. And who knows what they could have done down the stretch of the season. And but, you, know, you know what's crazy about this game, too? If you just get no. pitch, if you want the cherry pick stats and just feed them what happened in this game, Louisville had 28 first downs and Pitt had 13. They lost. Yeah. That is, that is insane. They had more total yards. Uh, time They had more time with the ball. What really happened was, and this is what's crazy, it was a turnover issue. They had two interceptions and they had five fumbles. All right. That's not winning. That's I, I realize they only lost one of those fumbles, but that's not winning football. No, listen, if you want to be a top team in the ACC, you have to play carefree football, and they just did not do that in this game. And you see the second half. They got outscored 24 to nothing in the second half. The offense yeah. was not there. The defense really struggled. And that was what you didn't see in the second half against Notre Dame last week. They, that was what they was working for them. They were able to run the ball against the Irish. They were able to get some turnovers forced, and that's why they won the fashion that they did. And to go do a complete 180 and go from that to this game, it just really got to be frustrating if you're a Louisville fan just to go from that to this because now you lose your first conference game of the season. Now you need to hope that someone above you in Florida State or UNC loses a game in order for you to make the ACC championship game. So... Really just not a good performance from Louisville, and Pitt took advantage of it, and they got a huge win in the season. They're only their second win of the year. So I don't like to give Pitt too much credit, but got to give them their credit for this one. They got a big win. Yeah, you got to give them their flowers here because they showed up in the second half when it matters, and coaching was one of the main issues this game. It was a tale of two halves, like you said. You have a touchdown lead going into the second half. I realize you're on the road, but you you have time to kind of calm your nerves a little bit. Talk to your players. Hey, we're up a touchdown. Let's tighten up a little bit. And, man, by the uh, the time that time, it was by the time time was expiring late in the third quarter, you knew this game was done. Right. It was done. By the time there was like about 30 seconds left on that clock, 40 seconds left on the clock, they returned to pick six. Because up until that point, there was only, they were only down by three points. Going up to that point, right. up and up until that interception, it was a 50-50 ball game leaning towards Louisville with them driving towards their end zone. That pick six changed the momentum of the game, and that was uh that was a stealer right there. Well, they weren't the only team to have a game this week in which they got embarrassed and they were a ranked team going into the game and they got embarrassed and lost in by multiple scores. How about the Washington State Cougars and how their season is now taking a complete 180? Obviously, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about this team after their big win over Oregon State and how they had great momentum going. Then they lose at UCLA. Close loss, nothing to be ashamed of. It was a tough road win, uh, a tough road uh, home win, I should say, for UCLA. But then they go home to play Arizona. And this is an Arizona team that took USC to their limit last week, lost in, over, in double overtime. And they had a really good opportunity to win that game. They were up 17 points at one point. But Arizona, man, did they show up for this game against Washington State. Final score, 44-6. to 
the Arizona Wildcats beat Washington State. Obviously, Washington State with this loss now, definitely out of the Pac-12 race. They now fall to four and two. They're out of the top twenty-five. It's really unfortunate because it looked like this team was making some good strides in the season and was maybe going to make the could maybe make a sneaky case for the Pac-12 championship. But now here they are now trying to play spoiler the rest of the season. They go into Eugene this week to take on Oregon. They really will have to do. They're going to have to try to bounce back in some kind of fashion because this was just a, bear, a really bad performance for them against uh, the Arizona Wildcats. My advice to Washington State is to take care of business the rest of the season because your season, as we know it, is currently over. But you're still playing for an invite potentially to one of the uh, Power Five conferences. That's what you're playing for. Right. You want to be able to prove that you can take care of business. You can beat Arizona State, Stanford, Cal, and Colorado. Prove that you are at least upper echelon of the Pac-12. Establish that. Then maybe play a close game with Oregon and or Washington. Maybe pull off an upset. And you're still looking to invite and save your program as a whole. So these players are playing for more than their uh, just a championship. They're playing for the whole state of their program. So they still have a lot about, to play for this season. And you talked about Stanford and Colorado. How about that game, by the way? We didn't uh, get to mention that real quick. How about Stanford down 29 nothing in that game to rally all the way back and knock off Colorado on the road? And, uh, yeah, I... I, I was just speechless the way the Colorado lost this game because they're another team in the Pac-12 that had so much momentum at the beginning, beginning of the season, and it's taking a complete 180, and they lose in a, basically an embarrassing fashion at home with a multiple possession lead like that to lose to a Stanford team that has not been good for well, maybe the past we, decade. We've known but, that yeah. Colorado plays on discipline. That's right. not a that's not a secret. All the other coaches know that too. And this was an example of going to the extreme now. That they could have high highs and very low lows. And it's up to Deion Sanders and it's up it's up to Coach Prime to get his locker room in order, keep stir the ship right, make a bowl game, and recruit for the future. Because everyone knew they weren't gonna make the, the national championship this year. Everyone knew. Everyone, oh, was, I know. everyone knew that they would be competitive, it would be fun, they'd maybe get ranked. That was the expectations going into the season. But now that you've seen the horrific lows but and you've seen the amazing highs, you need to find a middle ground. You have to make sure well, you have to ensure that this stuff doesn't happen again. Yeah, you have to get your flowers in this game to uh Elik Aomaner from Stanford, the wide receiver, having one of the best wide receiver performances we've ever seen in college football with 13 catches and 294 yards, three touchdowns. All of that coming in the second half. Yeah, did not he did not have a single reception in the first half of this game. No, Travis Hunter had him on lockdown, and then yeah, second then half he, happened. Yeah, second half happened. That's to say the least. But let's get back on our uh, regularly scheduled program. That was not on our initial program. But I just wanted to throw that in there. But let's stay in the Pac-12. Let's talk about this Oregon State and UCLA game. A big game between these two teams as both teams looking to stay pace in the Pac-12 race still have an opportunity to make that Pac-12 championship game, and Oregon State did their work, and they took an early lead, and they did not surrender that early lead as they were able to beat the UCLA Bruins at home, and they now go to 6-1 the season after their 36-24 win over the Bruins in a game where it was pretty much once Oregon State went up by two possessions, UCLA tried to make a comeback, but the Beavers would not let them come back, and they're, you you talked about them a lot, Andrew, that you like how they play. They're a gritty team. They do not let you get back into these games once they take the advantage. And they did that perfectly in this one, 
going to six and one, now three and one in conference play. And with any blunder from any of these teams at the top of the Pac-12, they have a realistic shot of making that Pac-12 championship game. And I'll speak about their schedule in a little bit. But what did you like from Oregon State in this game? What's not to like about Oregon State? Uh, they're playing great, great football all year. It's the underdog story. You have an exile QB that's trying to make a name for himself once again. A lot of positives, and they're continuing to build on that season. They're keeping themselves in that Pac-12 race with this win, and that's the most important thing. I think they're currently four because of tiebreakers, but the schedule ahead of them is pretty good. Um, They're playing Arizona, Colorado, Stanford, and then it comes to the gauntlet, Washington, Oregon, back-to-back weeks. So that's yep. where this season is going to be made. So if I'm Oregon, uh, I'm sorry, if I'm Oregon State, take care of business over the next couple of weeks. Don't worry about o- Oregon, Washington now. But man, you have potential to make a historic season with uh, dire consequences right now because if they can pull this off and they can make the uh, the Pac-12 championship, it's going to have every single Power 5 conference rethink not adding them to one of their conferences. Well, keep in mind, think about the game they have next week also, not this coming weekend. They're off this week with a bye week. They're at Arizona next week. That could be a tricky game for them, considering what Arizona just did to Washington State, a team that has beaten Oregon State this season. So that might be a tough game for the Beavers in two weeks' time. But you talked about their schedule. You look at it. You're at Arizona. You're at Colorado. Those will be two tough road games for the Beavers team. Then they're at home against Stanford. You have to see, because Stanford could be very hit or miss each week. But you would think a home game against the Cardinals should get them a win. Then you talked about the final two games of the year. Home game at against Washington, and then they're at Oregon for their annual rivalry game. It's a tough uphill battle for the Beavers team to get into the Pac-12 championship game, but they have a realistic shot if they're able to win out. So still a lot on the line for Oregon State down the stretch of the season. Yeah, I know. A lot to go. uh, Still a lot left, and um, I'm just hoping that the uh, Beavers can, uh, can keep this up throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and we'll have to see what they could do down the stretch of the year. But we have to once again stay in the Pac-12, and we have to talk about the final game of the Saturday slate and a game that USC just looked really, really bad in this one. It was a litany of multiple things. Caleb Williams did not play good. Uh, The defense is still playing horrifically for USC on the season. And the Irish took full advantage of this one. Notre Dame going or at home against USC, beating the Trojans by a final of 48-20. to 20. I mentioned Caleb Williams had a rough game. He threw three interceptions, all of them coming in the first half. Um, we had Sam Hartman threw for two touchdowns. He did not need to do much in this game just because of how, you know, Audric Estime had a decent running game, two touchdown rushes and 95 yards. Uh, we had USC's offensive line struggling to stop this Notre Dame pass rush. And it really puts a halt right now in USC's potential to make the college football playoff. The only reason, Johnson, they might still have a chance to make it is just because of look at their schedule down the stretch of the year. They're home against Utah this week. They still have to play Washington. They still have to play Oregon. They still have to play UCLA. And then, obviously, they potentially could be in the Pac-12 championship game. So the Trojans still have a chance. But, man, this really put a big – a big stall into their season with this bad performance against Notre Dame. It's a bad performance, but it's come against a decent team. Notre Dame's still fighting for a New Year's Six Bowl. They're still in the running for that, so it's not like it's the end of the world. Like you said, they play Utah, California. 
a lot of these teams have that Washington Oregon game right the back back to back at the end of the season. This is another yeah. one. So we're gonna find a lot about the Pac twelve about after the second week in November. Yeah, who who is the who are the true teams of the Pac twelve? We we think we know right now who the two the, the true teams are right now, but a lot can change in a month. Yeah, no, this, uh, to me, there's absolutely no lock to who the top team in the Pac-12 is right now um, until we see those two games played back-to-back. So by the second week of November, we'll know, which is, you know, moronic because of the end of the season, but right. that's just the way it is because a lot of these teams are going to split that, and I, fe- I feel like the Pac-12 is going to cannibalize itself by the end here. Yeah, I'm very uh, – I don't even know. I- I'm curious to see how this all plays out with this conference. It's Like we said a couple times on the show the past couple weeks, it's a good send off for this conference because they're playing some really good football right now. And they have a, they, they're most likely going to have a team in the college football playoff at the end of the day. And these teams are really showing out and it's all going to come down to who are, who is going to be that team? Who is really going to make that case to be the one that says I won the PAC 12 and it's final year of its current format. I'm going to be in the college football playoff and I'm looking to make some noise this year. So that's going to be something I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely looking forward to it as well. But before we get into our top 25 poll reaction, uh, I think we have to talk about that West Virginia game since Grayson's not here, but it's kind of funny because of how it, uh, how it all unfolded, unfortunately for the Mountaineers. Uh, fortunately, if you're a Houston fan, well, not unfortunately, if you're a Houston fan, you're correct. This is a game that which Houston was up uh, 11 points late in the fourth quarter. West Virginia made it a three-point game with uh, 3.42 left, and it looked like Houston was going to win it, but credit to the Mountaineers at the time, they got the go-ahead touchdown with 12 seconds left, and it looked like they were about to win the game until Houston got a Hail Mary to end it, and unfortunately for Grayson and any of uh, West Virginia fans here, they lose on a Hail Mary 41-39 to to fall for their first conference loss of the season, so what are you going to do? It's a... T- tough way to to end your to end your uh, week, even though it started on Thursday for West Virginia this week. So. End of the season too, because not the, I think mathematically keeps them out of the Big Twelve now. Well, considering how Oklahoma and Texas are right now, yeah, yeah, mathematically <laughs> keeps them out. I know it was unlikely before, but mathematically, that uh, that seals it. But anyway, we'll go now into our top twenty-five poll reaction, and obviously, we talked about it. there was a big sh- couple shakeups in the top twenty-five poll. Uh, the top four stayed the same. With Washington's win over Oregon, they now moved up to the fifth-ranked team in the country. So Oklahoma and Penn State did drop a spot, despite not you know not really doing anything wrong this week. It's just Washington had such a big win that they had to move Washington up. Uh, Texas took advantage of some losses; they were able to move up a spot. Oregon stayed in the top ten; they they just moved down a spot to number nine. And North Carolina, as I mentioned earlier, is now the number ten team in the country after they went over Miami. So the Tar Heels now have entered their case into the college football playoff world. Uh, we still have other teams still outside the top 10 that could make it, like teams like Alabama still have a shot. Oregon State still has a shot. Utah, in my opinion, still has a shot as well. Maybe Ole Miss. Um, but I know at the end of the top 25 poll, there are a couple of teams that just entered the top 25 that I know that you, uh, yourself, Andrew, might want to talk about that just entered. Because I know Kansas got eliminated, unfortunately, last week with their loss to Oklahoma State. but there's kind of a consolation prize with two new teams entering. Is it a consolation prize? Like, well, maybe for you. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's the honorary Mountain West team getting in there. This week, it is Air Force at 23. I am very excited to see another Mountain West team. I thought Wyoming at plus 14 was crazy last no, week. 
Yeah, that was but a really ridiculous line. I don't. I still think Wyoming ended up covering, but to see them just absolutely a two touchdown underdog against Air Force, I thought that was crazy. And then Air Force came out here. At, I won't say came out of nowhere, but they they, uh, they, they took care of business. On. Yeah, they hold they hold on by a touchdown. So if you yeah, took Wyoming in that game, you covered. Listen, I'm saying that the new Pac-12 with the top teams in the Mountain West and the uh, if Oregon State and Washington State just want to keep it, maybe make it like a an eight team uh, conference. It could be a nice little conference. Um, yeah, maybe. Again, if it can get an invite to a major conference, do that. Um, well, how about uh, Tulane? I know you like the Green Wave. They're now into the top 25 poll for the first time this season. Yeah, I love the CV underdogs. Tulane has been uh, kind of retooling their football program over the last couple of years. They're doing a really great job. They're not going to make the college football playoffs, obviously. No, but just no. another, uh, it's another fun tidbit. It's Remember, like, it's, it's, they, it's a, yeah, go ahead. It's nice seeing non-Power 5s in the, uh, in the AP poll. Remember, they made a they made a New Year's Six Bowl last year. They beat USA. They did. The I, I, they did. They did. And that's why I'm such a big proponent of uh, kind of keeping these guys in the playoffs. So that expanded playoff field, I, could Tulane maybe take down Alabama? Probably not, but that's why you play the game. <laughs> you probably just upset some Alabama fans by saying that. But I will say one thing before we go into our uh, Week 8 mushing hour. Uh, please rank James Madison. They deserve it. Yes, they do deserve it, but they won't get it because of, uh, because of well, reasons. All it takes is one loss, and they'll be in the poll, in my opinion. Good they'll point. only need one loss. They're, they were the first team out, out of the poll. So there's still some some hope for Jays Madison going into next week. We love that'd the be fun if they here. weren't ranked. Exactly. But it's now time, Andrew. It's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the mushing hour. And what do we always say about the mushing hour? It's kind of like NFL red zones, where wins become losses and the losses become wins. And, uh, oh, boy, we have some uh, some very hot picks this week. Well, we saw last week. Well, you you obviously can't see it, but I can see it on my screen. Uh, Andrew, you went four and three last week. I went three and four, so kind of a little bit even for our picks uh, on the season. I'm thirty four and thirty one. You are twenty seven, twenty eight and one. So you're almost back at five hundred and have a chance to be five hundred after this week. Five games on the slate that we are covering, so a little bit of a shorter slate than we have, but still a solid slate. Other otherwise, despite the amount of games and. I think we got to start off with this ACC matchup that we have in Tallahassee this week between number 16 Duke and number 4 Florida State. Still do not know the status of Riley Leonard, the Duke quarterback, if he's going to play. Did not play in the win over North Carolina State this past week. Obviously changes the whole landscape of this game if he's able to play this game because it would definitely give Duke an opportunity to win. Uh, The line for this one is Florida State minus 14. The over-under is 49 points. Andrew, what do you have for this game? Well, here's the thing. I don't care if the quarterback's playing or not because Florida State always plays down to its competition. So you could put a monkey out there at quarterback, a a chimpanzee, and have him sling bananas around there, and I think Florida State would not cover. So with that being said, give me Duke plus 14 when the quarterback is cleared to play this week because it's going to be too important for him not to play if he's even 50-50. You can see the line maybe shift down to maybe Duke plus 8. And or Duke plus seven and a half. So give me Duke plus fourteen with the assumption that their quarterback's gonna play. And you said it, you you talked about Duke right now. They're five and one on the season, they're two and zero in conference play, obviously behind Florida this Florida State team in North Carolina in the conference standings. They'll need to beat one of these two teams if they want to play in the ACC championship game. Um I think even if Ryan Leonard does play, the biggest pick I like for this game is the under. And the reason being is I just think these are two good, solid defenses. We know Duke has had a really good year overall defensively. 
Uh, I witnessed Florida State destroy my Syracuse team. It's not much of a litmus test because Syracuse is not good. But their defense played lights out in that game. And the defense has been very hit or miss this season. But when they need the necessary plays to happen, they get those necessary plays to work. And they are able to get the job done at the end of the day. Duke's offense can be very hit or miss. So that's why I think the under is probably the best play. It's set at 49 right now. I think it's a really good ch- uh, opportunity for these, you know, in a primetime game for this to be a low-scoring game. So what's your pick? Under. <laughs> Sorry, I, know, I, rammed a little, I, I rammed a little bit, but I'm going to take the under for this one. All right. And, I'll... Yep, go on. Go, no, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I was going to move on to the next game, and I was going to hype up the next one because it is uh, – Unfortunately for one team, their season's kind of pretty much done in the Pac-12, but the other team is still alive. Between they're playing for pride, exactly. They're playing. They're looking to play spoiler right now, and that is the Washington State Cougars. They've lost two in a row. Now going on the road to Eugene, Oregon, to take on the Oregon Ducks, who are coming off that tough loss to Washington this past week. Ducks are currently twenty-point favorites at home. Over/under is sixty-one points. What do you have Oregon, this one? Oregon's going to be devastated with their season potentially being over, and they're going to choke up a little bit more in the state of Washington. Washington State, give me them to cover, but not to win, because 20 points is a little disrespectful for a team like this. Yeah, you would hope that Washington State would bounce back after that loss to Arizona. Cam Ward's a really good quarterback, just did not have it against the, the Wildcats, and it was just a game that was lost from the get-go for Washington State. But now you have to go on the road to play this Oregon Ducks team that's going to want to come out and play really strong after a tough defeat like that to Washington. I'm going to not take – I'm going to play it smart this week because, as we all know, last week I took two unders for the Pac-12. And those both come came back to bite me. And the Oregon and Washington one sung the most because it almost did hit. So I – We'll take the over for this game because Washington State's defense right now has been very scary these last couple weeks. And Oregon is still a really good offense at the end of the day. They might be able to put up they, – they most likely will put up 40 points in this game alone. It's really going to come down to can, can I trust Washington State to give me 20? I think they do just because the offense is still good enough to score 20 points. So give me the over. All right, all right, all right. And voice the easy McConaughey, I already, I'm already self-aware of that. With that being said, let's talk about the next game. We have the number 17 Tennessee, good old Rocky Top, on the road going to Bryant Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, to take on the Crimson Tide, number 11 in the nation. We have Bama at home, nine and a half point favorites, and the over under slated at 47 and a half. Nick, I'll keep on going first here, and I'll uh, the, I'll leave the uh, leave your pick for last over here. I'm going to take sure. Tennessee plus nine and a half because they keep on rolling. I know they had a rough week against Texas A&M. Uh, they should look a little bit better against Alabama. I'm not expecting them to uh, to win, but I'm expecting them to cover. Okay. I don't hate that pick at all. Um, and I think you're, I, I don't hate the pick at all. Cause I think this is going to be a really close game. I think nine and a half is definitely not fair to Tennessee because they have, a really strong quarterback in Joe Milton. And I think it's going to be tough because this is a matchup of where you have Joe Milton versus this really good Alabama defense. And because of that, I think this is going to be another game where I pick the under. I think it's just going to come down to who makes the big stops at the end of the game. I trust Alabama's defense more than Tennessee's defense, but Tennessee's defense put up a good showing against Texas A&M last week, only allowing them 13 points. The tide coming off a close win over Arkansas, but 
I think they pull off another close win, beating Tennessee by, I'll say, a field goal. So give me the Crimson Tide, but I'm going to take the under for this game. All right, cool. We have the Utes of the University of Utah, number 14 in the country, going on the road to Southern California to take on the Trojans of USC, number 18 in the country. Uh, USC at home at minus seven favorites over underslated at 56. Give me USC minus seven. I've said from the beginning, I don't think Utah is that real of a team. They are a good team, but they're not a, uh, a dominant team. I I think U- USC being below Utah is a little bit ridiculous at this point in the season. I think the Trojans will agree with me, and they're going to play for pride, still playing for their um for the potential to make the college football playoffs, and they're going to come out and cover and win. So give me USC minus seven. Well, if you remember what happened last season with these two teams, Utah beat them in the regular season. Then they beat them in the Pac-12 championship game. And they've had USC's number, obviously, the last They've last been the boogeyman. They have been USC's boogeyman. And USC, we spoke about it. There is still a chance for them to make the college football playoff only because of the remaining opponents they have left in the season. And one little mishap, and that's it for them. They have no chance, and you're going to ruin – uh, another good year out of Caleb Williams, even though it's not maybe a Heisman year like he had last year, it's going to be ruined for the Trojans if they don't do anything. Um, I'm scared because of taking USC my seven because their defense still concerns me. I'm not a big proponent of the Utah offense. I don't think they're that great of an offense, but USC's defense is so concerning because they just always seem to not good play good coverage, and it really makes me not want to trust them at all. So... At the end of the day, because of that, I think I'm going to take the over for this game. I'm going to play it, you know, try to play it smart this week and take two overs in the Pac-12 after taking two unders in the Pac-12 last week. I think this would be a high-scoring game. I think the Trojans will prevail at the end of the day, but I'm not sure if they win by a touchdown. So I'm very concerned with them right now because they did not play good against Notre Dame. You've got all overs and unders. I've got all point spreads. Are we going to keep it the same? Who knows? Because our final game and probably the game of the week, we have the Nittany Lions of Penn State, number seven in the country, going on the road into Ohio to take on the Buckeyes of Ohio State, number three in the country. Ohio State at home, minus four and a half point favorites, over under slated at 46 and a half. Nick, can you remind me what Penn State does when the lights are brightest? No, they do not show up when the lights are brightest. And keep in mind, in this series history, Johnson, the last time. Penn State beat Ohio State was 2016. Yeah, that was a lifetime ago. Ask any college freshman where they were in 2016, and uh, it's I don't even think well, – let's do the math right now. College freshman this year is 2023, right? So that was seven years ago, right? Yeah. So they were, most of them, 11 years old. No. These guys were middle schoolers the last time. With these college freshmen and, uh, and even seniors playing on uh, this Ohio State and Penn State team – Maybe they were a freshman in high school the last time, or senior a freshman in high school the last time uh, Penn State won this game. So give give me Ohio State to win and cover minus four and a half. Gonna keep that tradition going. Uh, I want to believe in Penn State, right? Like they were a team I grew up, you know, rooting for, and I really am just not a big fan of Ohio State. We all know that. I'm. I really. That's why I picked Notre Dame earlier in the year. They obviously broke my heart. And Ohio State has looked a little bit better the last couple weeks. Penn State, I'm still not sure what their team identity is. That's the problem with them, Johnson. They haven't really played 
what's their biggest win so far of the year? Maybe Iowa? Yeah. That, I think and, that is the biggest win of the year. Or just rubbing West Virginia by 40 points. It, that's the problem. I just don't know what this Penn State team is. And I'll tell you this. If this game was in Happy Valley, I might be inclined to say Penn State might have a really good shot of winning it. But it's in Columbus. It's really not easy to win there. I'm going to take Ohio State, but I'm going to take it minus three. I'm not going to – you know what? I'll take the minus four and a half because I honestly hope I mush it to complete oblivion. So screw whatever I just said before. Give me Ohio State minus four and a half. I think they do win at the end of the day just because I don't know what Penn State is. But my pick is solely based off the fact that I want Ohio State to lose. All right. So with all that being said and done, we only have one true mush, and it was that game right there. So Penn State is now a lock. Put your life savings on because when it's a mush here, when we agree, it's almost the opposite. Yeah, so Penn State, almost it always happen, the opposite. you're welcome. You should but be I, thanking us in your post-game speech. I believe that's all the games we had today. Nick, uh, would you have any comments before we sign off today? Uh, I, All I'm going to say is it's been a, very, another interesting week we had. You know, a couple of games that we weren't expecting, you know, to be talked about, talking points today happened. And now we go into week eight. We're really close to the end of the season. You mentioned it. Only one month, one month left after this week, after this month, and we're gonna really find out who these true teams are, are gonna make the college football playoff and make these championship games and these New Year's Six bowls. Get ready, folks. Buckle in because this last month of the season is gonna be electric. So that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, any final comments that you have, Andrew? The only final comments I have is uh, we have seven games left for a lot of these teams. It's crunch time for them. They need to either remain undefeated, avoid any bad losses. I realize a lot of these teams have some tough competition in the last one or two weeks. Even if you're an undefeated team going into the last week of the season, if you can keep it to a one-score game, let's say you're number seven and you're playing number eight, you can lose, kind of, because if you have an outside chance of making the conference championship, a lot of crazy things can happen. But right. you almost need to play perfect football from here on out if you're undefeated or you're looking to still make the uh, college football playoffs. Yeah, so we'll see what happens on the stretch of the season. But it should be a fun ride nonetheless. And we here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show will be here to recap everything that happens in the final month of this college football regular season. It will be a good one to say the least. But that will do it for this week's show here as week seven is in the books. We now head to week number eight in the college football season. What will happen this week? Who will be the shocking team that we talk about next week? Will we have a good mushing hour? Most likely not, but who knows? Maybe we do have one. We'll have to all recap it next week's show and see what happens in this college football season. This has been Nicholas Pavona joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.